just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well for you. A couple of announcements. I'm going to record something with Ed later today, so you'll have two podcasts for today. And I think this will come out on Friday, but I finally got somebody from the audience to actually want to join in on the podcast. His name is Kevin. We're supposed to connect up Late Thursday evening, should be ready by Friday morning to hear. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, From what I know about Kevin and his emails, he seems like a pretty normal guy and seems to be in line with the things we're talking about, so that's good news. But I'm open to talking to anybody if you've got something you really want to talk about. Now, I just, just the warning I put out there, when you make this kind of offer, when you're in radio, especially when you do talk shows. And I used to produce and actually do talk shows. Um, You always had this seven-second delay because sure as hell somebody was going to swear. And, of course, in radio you can't swear. Here you can swear all you want. I don't give a fuck. But that said, you know, if I get somebody who wants to uh, be on the show and we need to record it ahead of of time, the key word there is recorded. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we get some trump fuck that wants to uh, fake me out and act like he's a friend and then come on and be a foe. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I may tear you to shreds and embarrass you. Then I will run it. But if you just keep running your mouth and acting like an asshole, it doesn't do you any good because I just won't run it. I just won't play it. Now, Kevin seems like a pretty solid guy, so we'll see how that goes. That'll be the first one of the... Uh, of the listeners joining in on the conversation. And I'm looking forward to it. Like I've said, I've done talk shows. I've produced talk shows way back when. And uh, I had some weird situations doing that. It was There were some crazy times because it was in the late 70s up through the mid-80s. It was a different time. And uh, there are some fucking weird people out there. You wouldn't believe the shit we've got mailed to us. <laughs> at some of the radio stations I've been to. There are some fucking strange people out there. Now, that said, I'm not trying to set this up to suggest Kevin's weird. He doesn't seem that way at all. He seems pretty solid, so be looking for that one. Hopefully, Friday, that will be up, and uh, you'll get to hear that that first-time thing, a uh, uh, listener being on the show. Well, let's get to what's going on. Republicans have spent the past year and a half telling us the attack at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, was nothing more than a peaceful protest. It was no big deal. Now, they didn't start saying that until right after they said, oh, it's a horrible attack. It must have been Antifa. When they couldn't sell that, they settled on nothing to see here, in spite of the fact that more than 100 police officers were injured, five were killed, They broke into the Capitol, they shit on the floors, they pissed on the walls, they stole items. Yeah, nothing going on here. Now, that leaked decision to overturn Roe v. Wade has been exposed, of course. Pro-choice folks are out in mass protesting on the streets. There are hundreds of them in front of Supreme Court justices' homes like Kavanaugh, And John Robert, the chief justice, they're protesting right in front of their house. But the thing about it is they're perfectly peaceful. They're standing quietly, holding candlelight vigils. There's no violence. Nobody's trying to break into the uh, justices' houses. They're just protesting. Now, Republicans, the right-wing media outlets and all those fucks, they're calling this disgusting. This is harassment. They want the police to break it up. This has got to be illegal. But they're being perfectly decent. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do under the rules of the Constitution. You see, that's what the Republicans are forgetting. What they're doing is 
constitutionally permitted to all of us. Apparently, they haven't read the Constitution lately. We, as citizens, have the right to assemble and peacefully protest, which is exactly what is going on. The gaslighting is almost sometimes kind of ridiculous. I mean, when you think about it, these people are trying to tell us that the insurrection that was clearly violent, people were injured, um, the capital was broken into, things were damaged and stolen, they shit on the floors, pissed on the floors. That all went on, and they don't think that's anything. And the fucked up thing about it is there's video of it. We can see it. We can see it. But when these people, uh, these pro-choice folks, protest in front of the justice's house, they've got video of that too, and it's very calm and very quiet. It's not chaotic. There is no violence. That's what upsets them. I mean, their credibility is shot. If you took these videos and put them right next to each other and you said, that's peaceful and that's awful, people would laugh at you because it's so obvious gaslighting or just that you're stupid. I don't, I, I don't know what it is. But uh, that's what they're upset about now. And this is how they do things. You know, whenever somebody they're called out on something, they try to pick something else that they think is comparable, and then they start yelling and screaming about it, trying to own the Democrats. But unfortunately, they never find anything nearly as egregious as what the Republicans are doing. You know, from President Trump all the way down to the little trump these are fucking disaster tornadoes going someplace to fucking happen. That's who they are. They aren't about anything productive. They aren't about truth, justice, or righteousness. They're about destruction and tearing apart this country and tearing apart this government. And to cover up, they say, "But yeah, but what you're doing is really bad, too, which isn't a thing because what's being done really isn't that bad. It's kind of frustrating to watch. It's kind of almost laughable when you see it. Um, I mean, it's ridiculous how they think this is going to work. It's just just not going to work. I still got, you know, the cold is gone, but I still got this scratchy throat. So if you hear me pause for a little bit and you hear me swallowing something, it's just water. It's just water. Because if I drink anything else, it'll make my voice more scratchy. It's a pain in the ass. I could go back and edit, but if I can avoid doing that, fuck yeah, I'm lazy as shit. I'm not going to go back and edit if I don't have to. But sometimes I do. Anyway, according to a report from Business Insider, former Defense Secretary Mark Esper claims in his new book that former President Donald Trump grew furious with retired U.S. Navy Admiral William McRaven for publicly criticizing him and demanded he be recalled to duty so he could be court-martialed. Just because this guy spoke his mind, said what he believed, exercised his First Amendment right, that made Donald Trump so mad that they wanted to recall him so they could court-martial him. But here's the interesting thing. McRaven notably oversaw the special operations team that attacked a compound in Pakistan in 2011 in the dark of night where Osama bin Laden was killed, ending an international manhunt that began after the September 11, 2001 attack. So he can't give any respect to an actual hero to this country who got the man that was behind the 2001 attack. But he's mad because this guy had the audacity to tell the fucking truth and talk about how stupid this motherfucker is. Now, as Esper wrote in his newly released book, A Sacred Oath, Memoirs of a Secretary of Defense During Extraordinary Times, you might want to shorten up that title a little. That's a little wordy. The former president was incensed with McRaven's comments and had to be talked down by himself and Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley. I mean, he really wanted to fucking do this, but Esper and Milley said, "This, you know, this is fucking ridiculous. We got to talk this guy down." 
These people had to talk a president of the United States down from uh, wreaking revenge against a fucking national hero. Former Secretary of Defense Mark Esper writes that he and uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, had to talk then-President Trump out of a plan to recall both U.S. Army General Stanley um, and A. McChrystal and McRaven to active duty as a way to open the two former senior military officers up to uh, court-martial proceedings. Insider reports quoting Esper claiming the twice impeached former president was counseled doing this will backfire you on Mr. Mr. President. Now, in the same book, we heard about him wanting to bomb Mexico uh, because he wanted to get the drug cartels and the sex traffickers. Yeah, we'll just lob some missiles into Mexico and then we'll tell them somebody else did it. That will fucking work. He's in this book. He also talks about how Donald Trump wanted to shoot Black Lives Matters protesters. And when they said that's fucking crazy, said, well, just shoot him in the foot, shoot him in the leg. We're dealing with somebody who has a mental capacity of maybe seventh grade. He's an absolute fucking idiot. And. It's almost surprising that the four years he was in office, as bad as he left this country, far worse than when he joined or started as president of the United States, it could have been a lot fucking worse if some of these saner minds didn't slow him up or stop him. Some awful shit could have happened. And the retribution and the backlash from it all, it could have been horrific. We could have, you know, destroyed our relations with Mexico and Canada and whoever else. I mean, he willingly went out and tried to destroy NATO to help his buddy Vladimir Putin. This guy was a bull in a china shop. He was an idiot in the Oval Office. He was either really stupid or really actively trying to do damage. I think it's a combination of the both. He is stupid. There's no question he's the dumbest man to ever hold the office of president or any political position in this country. Certainly the dumbest man. He may not be the most evil man, but he's certainly the dumbest. And while he may have not had some plan in his mind of how to do things, because he was so stupid and because he was so easily manipulated, people like Putin or some of the fucking animals around him influenced him. They manipulated him. They said, oh, you're the greatest guy ever. You're the smartest man ever. You're the best president ever. And then they say, by the way, why don't you do this? I mean, that's how they dealt with Donald Trump, typically. That's how Vladimir Putin played him. That's how Kim Jong-un played him. He thought those guys were great because they said he was great. And then when he did that and established this tight, close relationship in his mind, You know what this reminds me of? (laughs) This reminds me of a cruel joke that sometimes happens in schools. And I feel sorry for the person who suffers it. In this case, I don't because it's Donald Trump. But it's that kind of thing when you, you have a kid who's kind of a nerd, kind of shy. And as a joke, people vote him to be homecoming king. That's a cruel fucking joke. But people stick by it, play it out to the hilt. And get it done. Now, that's what Vladimir Putin is doing to Donald Trump. That's what Kim Jong-un did to Donald Trump. But that's not a sad story. That's fucking funny. It's only sad because of the potential damage it could have done to this country and the damage that it, in fact, did to this country. I've said it before. People like Donald Trump, because they are dumb and because they are narcissistic, they're so easily manipulated. Vladimir Putin saw it, Kim Jong-un saw it, Stephen Miller, who was next to him, saw it, Jared Kushner. All these fucks, all these villains around Donald Trump knew how to work him. People down lower were afraid because he tended to lose his temper and they just bowed to his every command and supported everything because they were afraid for their jobs. The people higher up, higher up like Kushner, like Stephen Miller and those folks, they knew how to play this guy. 
it was not hard. And uh, they just did it. And then they'd feed him this evil, stupid shit. And uh, he would attempt to do it. See, the thing is, I don't think Donald Trump is smart enough to come up with some of this evil shit. It had to come from somebody else. It had to come from somebody he trusted, that he liked, that thought he was a genius. And as long as they thought he was a genius, well, then what they're telling him must be genius. And so I'll just follow it up. See, that's what Donald Trump has done all of his life. He's never been smart enough to learn anything. He thinks he can walk into any situation and just fucking wing it. And that's what he does. Part of that is ego. He thinks he's so smart. He thinks he's so articulate that he can walk into any situation without any preparation and just wow people because he's so smart and so articulate. Sad thing is he doesn't realize that he's neither of those things. If you ever hear him talk, you go, God damn, what an idiot. But he could never grasp that. There's no way he could ever be wrong. There's no way he could ever not be brilliant. And he felt like he didn't have to practice. He didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to have a strategy. He just opened his mouth and whatever came out of it was uh, like the gospel, direct from God. Everybody must obey. And when you do that, of course, you fuck up a lot. And, of course, Donald Trump did fuck up a lot. All right, next up. Senator Bob Casey on Tuesday announced his support for legislation that would safeguard abortion rights across the country, a major shift for one of the last remaining anti-abortion Democrats in Congress. And that's cool. The senator's reversal on that matter now leaves Joe Manchin, that piece of shit, as a lone Democrat holdout um, on federal protections for abortions right. And we know where Joe Manchin's head's at on this. It's where his head's at on everything that's Democratic. He's more likely to side with the Republicans and be the fly in the ointment, be the piece of shit. Casey has long called himself a pro-life Democrat, building on his father's opposition to abortion. His father was the Casey in Planned Parenthood versus Casey, the 1992 Supreme Court opinion that affirmed Roe v. Wade. But in a statement on Tuesday, Casey said that circumstances around the entire debate on abortion have changed since the last time the Senate voted on and failed to advance the Women's Health Protection Act in February. The bill would enshrine the right to an abortion in federal law. But Casey's endorsement of the bill won't do much to change the slim chances of the bill's passage since Democrats still lack 60 votes to overcome the GOP filibuster on the measure. They will filibuster. In order to get past a filibuster, you need 60 votes. Manchin isn't likely to support this, and here's where the problem is. You could do one thing. You could cut out the filibuster on this one deal, and uh, you'd need Manchin's vote, and then you could do it with a simple majority, and that would be 50 senators and, of course, uh, Kamala Harris, who would break the tie. But we know that uh, Joe Manchin isn't going to do that. He doesn't give a shit how he looks. He's got Uh, You know, he's got a lock on his job with the people of West Virginia, and he's always going to get voted in. It's more of a Republican state anyway, so the fact that he's a Democrat is a little unusual. So that's why he's more, as he says, moderate, but that's not true. He's more Republican than anything else. So they're going to have this vote today. They're going to vote on codifying Roe v. Wade, which would make it law, which means anything the Supreme Court was going to do was going to be nullified. It won't go any farther. They can't make law. They can only enforce law, the Supreme Court. Congress makes laws. So now if it goes through the Senate and it passes and it gets codified, then the Supreme Court can't do anything. The Republicans can't do anything. It's a done deal. It's over. Forget about it. Now, as I say, the only way they can do that with the filibuster that's there, uh, put there by the 
Republicans is they need 60 votes. That means 50 Democrats and 10 Republicans. Now, the only way around it, as I mentioned, is the filibuster carving that out for this one circumstance. But we know Mitch McConnell doesn't want to do that. He says we should never carve out the filibuster. Funny thing is, he carved out the filibuster for the last three appointments to the Supreme Court. Now he's all of a sudden appalled and worried about our government, about cutting out the filibuster. But he was all over it during those three appointments. He's so, he lacks so much integrity, so much credibility. Mitch McConnell is clearly a piece of shit. But again, in order to cut out that filibuster, we need Joe Manchin vote, presumably, presumably. See, here's the thing. There may be some Republicans that do vote to codify it. In fact, more Republicans than we expect may vote to codify it. And here's the thing. It's something I talked about earlier. When this came out, this came out as a surprise to the Republicans. They did not want this opinion to come out about overturning Wade when it did, because it's going to fuck up. It's going to fuck up the midterms. You can't piss off that many people and expect to win an election. So it came out at an inopportune time for them. And so I've said before, I said it on TikTok, I may have said it here too, don't be surprised if the Republicans somehow back off of overturning Roe v. Wade between now and the midterms. Because they see it as harmful to them getting back into power during the midterms. So what they'll do is they'll back off of it, and hopefully that'll save some of the moderates that are going to be pissed off. And the thing of and, and it may be Democrats that would vote for them or anything, but you remember what uh, Mitch McConnell said. He came out, spoke out, totally 180 degrees away from what he was saying before because the Republicans weren't talking about it at all. They wanted to shut their mouth. They wanted to quiet this thing down because it wasn't going to help them in the midterms. But then Mitch McConnell comes out and he says, well, you know, after the midterms, we could make a national ban of abortion." And the theory I have with this is they want to quell the Democrats and the moderates about overturning Wade, calm that shit down. But if they do that, then they're going to piss off the trump Well, you got no balls. You should have overturned Roe v. Wade when you had the chance, but you didn't. Fuck you. I'm not voting for you or I'm not voting. And Mitch McConnell doesn't want that. So what he does is he lays a, uh, a carrot out there for him saying, yeah, we may have to pull it back this time, but after the midterms and we win all the majorities, then we'll ban this thing nationally. He's doing what they do to Trumplefucks because they're stupid. They always make promises, and the people always fall for it. Oh, Donald Trump's going to be back in the office in March. Oh, no, it's going to be August. Oh, no, it's going to be October. And every time these fuckers believed it, they always believed it. So now he's got to try to temper this situation, not overturn Roe v. Wade before the midterms, because that is a fucking death warrant for the Republicans if they do that. But he needs to keep the Trump fuck happy. That's my theory on this. How it will ultimately play out, I don't know. The wild card is the Supreme Court. It's just a matter how much the Republicans have control over the justices. They shouldn't have any, but we know that they probably do. And the Republican justices are probably thinking this out, too. We are going to lose a lot of credibility by doing this. All these justices lied under oath in their confirmation hearings, and they know they're going to get heat for it. So what I'm saying is, don't be surprised if they back off this overturning Roe v. Wade. They want it to go away. The only problem they really have, though, is is that whether they overturn Roe v. Wade or not, they've already played their hand. They've already shown what their intentions are with this leaked document. They, they will know that 
even though they may not overturn Roe v. Wade coming up before the midterms, that they're going to still go after it. They'll go after it after the fact. So what these people have seen, the Democrats and the moderates, are things they can't unsee. That's in their head. That's in the head of uh, the people of this country. I mean, people are walking around saying, it's been overturned. It hasn't been overturned. Nothing has been finalized. No final decision has come out. They're acting like it, and they might be getting a little too cocky because I'm not absolutely sure that they're going to actually overturn it before the midterms. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So Elon Musk said on Tuesday that he would reverse Twitter's ban on former President Donald Trump if he becomes the social media giant's owner. And that's still up for debate because apparently Tesla's stock is dropping like a rock. People are starting not to like Elon Musk. He was this kind of superhero, this genius, this rich guy. And everybody loves a rich guy, right? Until he starts doing fucked up things. And he's been doing some fucked up things. He dicked around with uh, cryptocurrency. He brought it up unnaturally. He sold it off. And left everybody hanging. A lot of people lost money. A lot of people aren't fond of Elon Musk. And I just want to clarify something. Somebody said something in one of my TikTok posts. They said, well, Elon Musk is just doing this and that and he's going to run for president. No, he's not. Elon Musk was born in South Africa. He cannot run for president here. So shut up about that. The Tesla CEO says he believes Twitter made a mistake in banning the Republican who routinely used the website to enable hate, encourage violence, and push lies. He said, I think it was morally a bad decision to be clear and foolish in the extreme. He added that uh, the ban alienated a large part of the country and did not ultimately result in Donald Trump not having a voice. Twitter banned Trump amid the January 6, 2021 insurrection, citing the risk of further violence. Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat also banned him. He said, I would reverse the permanent ban, Musk said. I don't own Twitter yet, so this is not like a thing that will definitely happen, because what if I don't own Twitter? Well, then you won't be able to let Donald Trump fucking back on, and everybody will be happy that you didn't buy Twitter. So let's keep our fingers crossed that you don't buy Twitter. Now, here's the thing. Personally, this is me speaking. I'm all for letting Donald Trump back on Twitter. Every time he opens his mouth, he fucks up. He embarrasses himself. He embarrasses the Republican Party. He also implicates himself on crimes. I don't think they should have ever taken him off Twitter because I think he would have buried himself long before now. We would have gotten him to be accountable and take responsibility far sooner if he kept doing what he was doing on Twitter. I mean, what he was doing was inciting people and he pushed people to insurrection on January 6th. And that was enough for everybody, and they said, you're blocked, you're banned. And then every other social media said, you're blocked, you're banned. Now, the one thing that Musk said is uh, it didn't mean he didn't have a voice anymore. Well, yeah, it kind of did. He tried a lot of things. He tried his little press release thing that never worked. He's got Truth Social now, which he claims people have invested up to a billion dollars in, and it's an absolute fucking failure. I've been on the app, and it's a joke. It's a bunch of memes. It's a bunch of bullshit. Donald Trump made his first um, truth, as they call it, 
on, uh, and that's ironic that Donald Trump would write anything that might be the truth because he's not capable. But uh, he made his first post like five days ago, and this has been up and running for a long time. This app is in some deep fucking trouble. They're not going to be successful with this. And it goes back to what I've said before. Everybody talks about the base and all the people that follow Trump as they're, the, they're this big group of people that can dictate what happens on elections. And that's not true. The base is essentially 30 32% max. That's not a lot of people when you think about what's going on in this country. I mean, even with the abortion ban thing, 70% of the people support Roe v. Wade. 30% don't. Well, that's the fucking trump fuck evangelical, dumb-fuck, trump fuck whatever, you know? That's who they are. There's a small group of people out there trying to control what's going on. There's a minority in the Senate trying to control what's going on, and because of the rules in the Senate, they're allowed to do that, meaning the filibuster. So, I think they should put Donald Trump back on. I think they should put him back on everything because the man has proven that he's an idiot. He's proven that he fails at every turn. And then he's just going to make it worse for himself if he's allowed to talk. And I think he should be fucking allowed to talk. I kind of miss Donald Trump. I mean, it's very entertaining. It would make it easier to do this show if Donald Trump was tweeting more. I could do whole shows on just the stupid shit he tweeted. But no, we've got to lock him down and not put him on Twitter. And everybody is really upset that Elon Musk might buy Twitter and might put Donald Trump back on. Don't be worried about this. As I've told you before, apps like these, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, uh, they are nice ventures. They make a lot of money. A lot of people get involved. But they all have shelf lives. Twitter will be Twitter for a while, and then it will go away. Something better will take over. Same with TikTok, same with Facebook. So if Elon Musk comes in, and he owns Twitter, and he decides to let Donald Trump and all these other fucking lying Trump fucks in, I mean, because let's be honest, there's a bunch, been a bunch of other people that were blocked that were Trump fans that were saying crazy, uh, violent shit. If he's going to let Donald Trump back in, he's going to have to let all those fucks back in, too. And if he does that, it'll just become, you know, one of these stupid sites that just cater to racist, misogynist, anti-Semites, liars, cheaters, stealers. And that's all it will be. So the good people on Twitter, which is the vast majority of the people on Twitter, will move away from there. They'll exile themselves away from Twitter. And then Twitter, which is hugely valuable right now, will no longer be valuable anymore. And then Elon Musk will have to take it in the ass. I can only hope. I got to think that Elon Musk is going to probably not end up buying this. He's got some problems financially. He's taking a lot of heat. And the reason he's having these problems financially is because of his attempt to buy Twitter. Tesla stock is dropping through the floor. And it's because what people think of him now is far different than what it was before. He now appears to be kind of a villain, kind of evil. And people are nervous about that. I feel sorry for the people on Twitter because they're going through some anxiety because the prospect of him buying it and ruining Twitter. There's a lot of people with a lot of followers, spend a lot of time on it, building that following. And uh, Elon Musk could come in and just fuck it up. I mean, he's done it before. You remember with Dogecoin, he was big on that. He'd show up, he'd buy some, everybody'd get all queasy and excited and then they buy it then it would go up and it would go up and then he would sell it and they'd say oh no elon's selling it he'd make his money and then everybody else that held on to dogecoin fucking lost a ton of money see he doesn't give a shit about that people who think he's a hero need to really take a close look at this fucking clown he is not a hero. He is not somebody that gives a shit about you or anybody else. All he cares about is himself. 
Okay, yesterday there were some uh, primaries. And, of course, everybody's all excited because Donald Trump has endorsed a bunch of, uh, a bunch of uh, candidates. Now, in an early victory for a Donald Trump-endorsed candidate at the start of the midterm season, Representative Alex Mooney on Tuesday beat fellow incumbent Representative David McKinley in West Virginia's 2nd Congressional District Republican primary. Donald Trump loves West Virginia, and West Virginia loves Donald Trump, Mooney said in his victory speech. You want to hear something interesting? Who else is from West Virginia? Democrat Joe Manchin. And you know what? Democrat Joe Manchin endorsed and did some talks in favor of this Alex Mooney clown who is a hardcore Trumplican, he's a fucking nutcase, a conspiracy theorist, a QAnon lover, and that's who Joe, uh, Joe Manchin is supporting to uh, kiss the ass of his buddy Donald Trump. This motherfucker's a traitor. He's of no use to us at all. He should be gone. Only problem is, is if he's gone, then we'll get some other really crazy Republican in there that will not vote for anything that's Democrat. So it's a lose-lose situation. So I'm sure Donald Trump's all excited. See, I picked another winner. And all the Trump fucks are going, see, Donald Trump has all kinds of power. Well, now, hold on a minute, okay? You're talking about a backwater state. Now, if you're in West Virginia, I'm sorry, but compared to New York, California, even Minnesota, Virginia, West Virginia is kind of a backwater state. There's no question about it. It doesn't mean the people there are bad, but the ones that support Trump, they fucking suck. I'm just saying it right now. Um, And people are all upset that whoever Donald Trump endorses wins. I'm going to remind you what I said before. In these primaries, we want Donald Trump's endorsees to win because they're the craziest, stupid motherfuckers you can possibly find. Now, these endorsements are easy enough because it's Republicans going against Republicans. It's a race between two or three dumb fucks. Donald Trump attaches his name to one and all the little Trump LaFuck base come in, make sure he gets voted in. But that's a good thing because these clowns that Donald Trump is endorsing are going to be far easier for a Democrat to beat. Now, I'm not going to say all Democrats will beat him because you'll get areas uh, and elections where it's all fucking Trump LaFucks and you can't win there no matter what. But I'd rather have the goofy fucks in there than somebody who might be formidable somebody who might be intelligent and give the Democrats a better chance of winning that situation. And I will tell you this. There was one disappointment for Donald Trump. Jim Pillen, a hog farm owner and veterinarian, won Nebraska's crowded Republican primary for governor on Tuesday over candidate endorsed by Donald Trump. He beat Donald Trump's endorsee, and that's a big deal dealing the former president his first loss of the midterm election. Now, again, it kind of goes against my strategy where the crazy fucks win, uh, but uh, this is for governor of of uh, Nebraska. Now, Pillen defeated eight challengers, including Charles Herbster, a Trump-backed businessman accused late in the campaign of groping young women, eight of them, in fact, and Brett Lindstrom, a state senator and Omaha financial advisor who was generally viewed as more of a moderate choice. But Charles Herbster was Donald Trump's endorsee. And apparently the accusations of groping eight women were just a little too much for the Nebraska voters. Jim Pillen won, uh, Charles Herbster lost, and Donald Trump lost big time. The results were a setback for Trump after a decisive win in last week's Ohio Republican Senate primary for his candidate, J.D. Vance. And again, that's a good thing because he's a crazy fucking conspiracy theory dumb fuck. The Democrats, Tim Ryan, will have a better chance beating him than somebody else. The former president has released hundreds of endorsements in races across the country, all in an effort to reshape the GOP and lift his loyalist into office. Herbster's loss 
raises the stakes on other high-profile races this month in Pennsylvania and Georgia, where Trump has also intervened in campaigns there. He's going to be pushing hard Pennsylvania and Georgia. And again, we hope his crazy fucks that he endorses win because they're they're going to look ridiculous when they're going up against the Democrats. So Donald Trump's all excited about picking out the winners from a Republican primary where all candidates are Republican. Let's see how he does when you endorse a Republican up against a Democrat. I have a feeling it's all going to be a little fucking different. Well, apparently authorities will not file criminal charges against former heavyweight Mike Tyson, heavyweight champ Mike Tyson, after he was recorded on video punching a fellow first-class passenger aboard a plane at San Francisco International Airport last month. Um, You maybe saw the video. It was all over the place. The San Mateo County District's Attorney's Office said it has closed the case and decided against pursuing charges based on the circumstances surrounding the confrontation. Now, these include the conduct of the victim leading up to the incident, the interaction between Mr. Tyson and the victim, as well as the request of both the victim and Mr. Tyson that no charges be filed in this case. District Attorney Stephen Wagstaff said, in a statement earlier yesterday. First of all, the guy that he punched fucking deserved it. He was an arrogant, loudmouth piece of shit. And I, you know, I guess Mike Tyson could have dialed it back a little bit and not punched him, but he's fucking Mike Tyson for Christ's sake. You go poke the bear, you're probably going to get bit. And to be perfectly honest with you, this guy who got hit from Mike Tyson is going to get more play and more benefit from being the guy that took a couple of shots from Mike Tyson than he would by pressing charges. And it sounds like he's not pressing charges. And of course, Mike Tyson isn't going to press charges because he kicked the fucking punk's ass. Uh, So nothing's going to come out of that, and that's probably best. As I said, my wife works in an airport for an airline, and there are some crazy fucks out there, people that are just triggered and ready to fight and ready to argue and ready to cause problems. I don't know what it is about airports, but these people are a little crazy. I've been in a few recently. you got people that don't want to wear the mask, people that want to argue about whatever they fucking want to argue about. You see them all coming in with the Let's Go Brandon t-shirts and the Trump 2020 hats. I was at a restaurant just the other day, two days ago, sitting outside because it was nice. It was on the lake, so it was kind of a nice setting. And you got a lot of wealthy people in this area, and here comes some fucking dipshit with Let's Go Brandon on the t-shirt. Does he not know that that was never really a funny thing and that it's old news now? Now, this fucker thinks he's saying something. He thinks he's brilliant. And I see these people, and I'm so tempted to say something. Not argumentative in the way that uh, I want to start something with them. Usually in those cases, I would do something to embarrass them or make them look stupid. And I might have done it, but uh, my wife was there, and uh, that wasn't going to happen. So I, I, I held my uh, tongue at that point. All right, let's talk about attorney John Eastman. Remember him? He's the guy that apparently was the architect for the insurrection and overturning an election and ultimately overthrowing the government. Attorney John Eastman urged Republican legislators in Pennsylvania to retabulate the state's popular vote. Now, this was when the uh, right after the election, prior to the insurrection, and he wanted them to throw out tens of thousands of absentee ballots in order to show Donald Trump with a lead, according to newly unearthed emails sent in December of 2020 as Trump pressured GOP lawmakers to subvert his defeat. Politico reported late Tuesday evening, this recalculation he posted um, 
in an exchange with one GOP state lawmaker would help provide some cover for Republicans to replace Joe Biden's electors from the state with a slate of pro-Trump electors, part of a last-ditch effort to uh, overturn the election results. Now, we know he was the architect of the insurrection. We know that he was the brilliant genius lawyer who was coming up with all the strategies. He wrote it all out. I mean, it's perfect amount of evidence. And now, of course, we're seeing all the texts and the emails that he sent. And it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, how does a lawyer understand or think that something that is clearly illegal, that somehow he can push it through or con his way through? That is truly criminal. That is truly corrupt. That's almost borderline evil. And that's who John Eastman is. I heard somebody talking about uh, people being prosecuted and going to jail. And there are a lot of people that say Donald Trump may not get prosecuted and go to jail. And I will tell you this, they're probably right. Because the whole idea of prosecuting and putting in jail a former president just doesn't make any sense. That's going to be logistically very difficult. And people will see it as divisive in this country. The only thing about it is, though, if they don't hold Donald Trump accountable, that too will be divisive in this country. So it's going to be hard to see what's going to really happen. Who has the courage? Who has the balls to do it? Does Merrick Garland? Merrick Garland is very careful in what he does. And it's conceivable he could back off of Donald Trump. But the important thing you got to remember is that all these people around Donald Trump that did commit crimes don't have the cover that Donald Trump has. People like John Eastman, like Jared Kushner, like uh, Ivanka Trump and uh, Don Jr. and um, Stephen Miller and uh, Mark Meadows and all of these people, they don't have the cover. They weren't the president. The logistics of putting those fucks in jail isn't a problem. And when they start indicting, prosecuting, and putting Trump administration officials in jail, that's going to cause problems for Donald Trump. He may be indicted. I mean, it's, it's, if they do indict him, it could cause problems. But now what he's done is so bad that if they don't indict him, that could cause some problems. So it's really hard to say what they're going to do. I don't think Donald Trump will ever do a day in jail. It just doesn't make any sense because you got a uh, secret service. you got to send them into jail and protect him. It's, yeah, it's just not going to fucking work. As I've always said, if Donald Trump gets destroyed, is broken financially and emotionally, he's an embarrassment, he's a pariah in this country, that may be the best we can hope for with Donald Trump. But all those people around him, all those people that helped him in committing these crimes and this corruption, if they get indicted and they go to jail, whether it be for three months or 10 years, I don't really fucking care. Let's put them in jail one at a time and just weed these people out. Take them out of the equation for any other political election and kick them to the curb. That's what we've got to do. And... Even though we may not be able to put Donald Trump in jail, if we can't do that for whatever reason, we must make it so that he cannot run for any elected office at any time in the future. I think that's going to happen anyway. I mean, there's too much working against him and too many things that are raining down on him at this point. The idea that he will be able to run for re-election will probably be taken away from him. But if not, by the time it comes to 2024, he will be so destroyed, he won't be in position to run for any office. And the Republicans certainly aren't going to want him as a candidate. So I don't see Donald Trump running. But some things are going to go down. Come June 9th, that is the start of the first televised hearing. Jamie Raskin told us it's going to blow the roof off the House of Representatives. Well, we will see. They've interviewed over a thousand people. They are putting this evidence together. 
For all intents and purposes, right now they are producing a show, and it's going to be a fucking blockbuster. It will be put together in such a way that things are exposed little by little, then things will come together, and it will be obvious what happened. And by the time they get through the eighth presentation, there's going to be a whole different perspective on the Republicans and on Donald Trump. And the important thing to remember is that... Uh, just because there's four, they say four or eight um, hearings in June, that's not suggesting that there won't be more hearings in July, August, and September. That's conceivable. It's conceivable that they would have hearings all the way up to the midterms, and that would be the smart thing. Keep this in the forefront. Keep this on the front pages. Keep this in front of everybody's eyes, because people in this fucking country forget shit so quickly. So we got to keep the heat on between now and November. Keep this information coming. Keep embarrassing Donald Trump and the Republicans. Take this overturning Roe v. Wade and shove it down their fucking throat. I've said it before. They won't let you pass anything. They won't let the Democrats pass anything. So the only option you have is try to take down and destroy the Republican Party between now and November. That's the best option you have, and you should be doing it every day, all day, kicking Republican ass. All right, we're going to wrap it up for yet another Rational Boomer podcast. I appreciate you taking the time out of your life and out of your day to listen to these programs. I do truly appreciate it. Sometime later today, we'll likely have another podcast with Ed Jones. Those are a little different, but also interesting. Ed brings an interesting perspective to things that I don't because we're different people. He's a little bit older. He's from the South. He's living in Tennessee. He's got a definite different perspective. And again, come Friday... Uh, we may have that uh, show with uh, one of the listeners, a listener named Kevin. And that should be interesting given it's the first time we've ever done that. So that'll be fun to do and to listen to. So you have a great day, and we will be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.